I am also the director of media with Sports Spectrum, so I oversee our Sports Spectrum media team. Uh, and as you mentioned, the host of Sports Spectrum's podcast, which we launched six years ago. Uh, Sports Spectrum is a media ministry, as we call it, the sort of intersection of sports and faith. Uh, we look at it as ministry because... the Social Media Church podcast. My name is Aaron, and I am joined today by a new co-host, uh, not Nils Smith, but a much better looking version of Nils Smith, DK Hammond. DK, welcome to the podcast. What is good, family? I'm glad to be here. And while Neil Smith may not look better, we are both bald. God bless you. That's right. That's right. Uh, we are also joined by a third member today, and this uh, podcast honestly is is one that I am really excited about. That Nils is definitely having some FOMO about. Um, but uh, we have a guest today who has lived in many different worlds, and this is going to be, um, but but has always, in some ways, lived in the same world. Uh, and we're going to talk about that today, and we're excited to talk about that, and excited to hear. Uh, stories and uh, there'll be some some not practical stuff that will just be cool to hear. Uh, there'll also be lots of practical stuff that will benefit you and your church. But it is my honor to introduce you guys to Jason Romano, host of the Sports Spectrum podcast, also an elder at his local church there in Bristol, Connecticut. And uh, Jason, it is an honor. Thank you for making the time to hop on our podcast today. Yeah, thanks so much for the invite, Aaron. Good to meet you guys, DK. It's great to be here. Yeah, we uh, we just need to hear Jason. I think we got to jump right in. Just for the for the two people that are listening that are unaware <laughs> of of you, what you've done, um, yeah. what you're doing, and uh, just just all the cool cool things that that you're up to. Uh, would you be so kind as to introduce yourself to us? Uh, sure. Uh, first off, I'm a follower of Christ. I am a husband to Dawn and I'm a dad to Sarah. Uh, Sarah is a freshman in college at Indiana Wesleyan. Wow. So she's finishing up her first year here and man, does time fly by. Yeah. That's all I'll say, uh, with regards to that. Um, I am also the director of media with sports spectrum. So I oversee our sports spectrum media team. Uh, and as you mentioned, the host of sports spectrums podcast, which we launched six years ago. Uh, sports Spectrum is a media ministry, as we call it, the sort of intersection of sports and faith. Uh, we look at it as ministry because we're looking to keep Jesus and bring Jesus in the sports conversation, uh, but it's also media. So we're creating content, interviews, podcasts, articles, stories, video content, you name it, uh, and it's media as well. But it's been a pretty cool journey these last six years doing this. Uh, I'm learning a lot. Uh, I love the the purposeful work that we get to do uh, to talk to athletes about their faith in the Lord. Um, prior to coming to Sports Spectrum, and this is where may, maybe a lot of people know, uh, I worked at ESPN. Uh, I was a producer there for 17 years. Uh, I worked on the radio side as a producer. I worked on the television side as a producer. And then I worked in social media, thus the conversation that we're having today. And I yes. did that for the last four to five years at ESPN kind of helped start the social media division. I was a part of that with uh, with a bunch of great teammates at ESPN over a decade ago. 
which is kind of crazy to think about. So that's been kind of the journey. Uh, I loved my time at ESPN. Uh, I was so glad I got to work there. I don't have a single bad thing to say about working there or having my time there. Uh, When I left, another thing that happened was I wrote two books, which was the last thing I ever thought I would do. Uh, But I also am an author and have two books out, uh, one on forgiveness and the other on leadership. So what did I tell you guys? What did I tell you, Jason? Uh, We're we're just honored for you to be here. I think uh, there's probably some curiosity around if 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 you don't have any complaints about ESPN, why did you leave what for all of us would feel like at least sports fans is a dream job? You know, if anybody's ever been like sort of at a crossroads uh, between their faith and between kind of God's pull, God's tugging and um, kind of halftime of life, which is where I was, I guess, six years ago at 42 years old, 43 years old. And just thinking, you know, I got till about probably my mid to late 80s, if I'm lucky, maybe 90, uh, whatever the Lord wants to do. And so what's what's this look like right now? It was sort of a reevaluation of life and in that, I was growing in my faith quite a bit, and I really sensed God wanted me to do more for him. And I could say I sensed that, you know, since I became a Christian, I think we could all say, yeah, the Lord wants us, you know, to be more connected to him. Uh, but I didn't know what that meant. I just knew that that was what God was kind of impressing on my heart. And it was 2015, and I attended, and I don't know if you were there, Aaron, but I attended a a best of social media SMS conference for the first time in Nashville, Tennessee. I wasn't, but and... I remember I remember you speaking. I I, I mean, yes. for our listeners, I was I was following Jason. Uh, I don't know how I first got introduced to you, but pro- maybe even something like from that from a conference like that. I'm like, wow, this guy's leaving here to go here. Okay, this is really fascinating. And well, even at that time, Aaron, I hadn't left yet. This was the fascinating thing. So I get invited and I've never been to what it was. any kind of conference like this. You know, I'd never been to place where I was asked to speak much. I mean, I, at that time, this is eight years ago, I didn't do hardly any speaking. And that, that door opened up wide when I left ESPM and, you know, I love to speak and share now and go different places and, and share my story. But at that time I hadn't done much. And probably our mutual friend, I think you guys know Matt Brown. Matt had invited me to speak at this little gathering in Nashville. Wow. We were at Lifeway Ministry offices in Nashville, and I was there, and I was speaking to 50 or 60 or 70 people who were working in the church or in nonprofits, a faith-based nonprofit, but doing social media and digital media for those churches. And I was the only one who was at this thing speaking, who wasn't in ministry. I was at ESPN, but I shared my story and I shared kind of the journey of what I was doing in social media at that time at ESPN and kind of how we were doing things and what we were looking at and trends and all this stuff. And it was after that where I really started to think, man, there are people doing the job I'm doing, but for, in my opinion, doing it for a greater purpose. They're doing it for the Lord. And that didn't necessarily trans transfer into me leaving right away, but that's when I really started to think, I wonder if God's up to something here. Ultimately, a year later, I meet my now boss, who who is the president of Pro Athletes Outreach and Sports Spectrum. His name is Steve Stenstrom. And Steve and I start talking, and he he starts to bring up the idea of me coming to work for Sports Spectrum. And listen, when I left, I left for a... I left a very comfortable, cushy, well-paying job with Disney slash ESPN. 
and I took a 40% pay cut. It was a one-year contract position. Wow. There were no benefits. And it was really just a, a true leap of faith. But I kind of sensed this is where the Lord was, was directing me to. And uh, now six years later, I can look back and tell you it clearly was yep. uh, where the Lord was directing me. But at that time, it was not something I was looking to leave. It, you know, it was really hard. It was a tough decision when you're talking about finances and comfort and benefits and all that stuff. And, you know, talking to my wife at the time, you know, at first she wasn't really on board with all this, but ultimately we prayed about it and I just kept saying, okay, God, if you want me to go and it's your will, I'll go. And if it's not from you and this is all me and my doing, this will probably crumble and mess up and and be a disaster pretty quickly. And ultimately it's worked out. So man, I love that. Um, as you were as you were saying and, and talking, I was uh, kind of scripting some stuff down. And I think the question that kind of just pulls as you're speaking is, you know, how did you handle paying attention to the promptings of God? during the intersex. I think I think the audience would be interested in that because those prompt things were intersected with the social media, the podcasting, the ESPNs, and all of these intersects now are kind of just pulling themselves together. How are you at that point handling the tugging on that to move to where God wants you to go? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting when you feel a tugging like that, you're not even sure it's from God because it, but I think for me, initially, I for, when I first started feeling that tugging, it didn't make sense. <laughs> and sometimes when things don't make sense, that could be an indication it's not from you, but it's from God. Right. Uh, the other thing was, and this is something I did my last full year at ESPN, because that nudge and that tug was there in 2016, that entire year. Wow. Uh, ironically, I was also having my favorite year of my 17 years at ESPN in that last full year in 2016, because I was working on Mike and Mike in the morning and I was leading their social media and digital media. Right. I was traveling more than I'd ever been to. I was having so much fun. And you were hosting in athletes. My job. You were hosting athletes as they would come in or whoever the guest was, like you were the first point of contact. You were the one showing them the studio. You were the one bringing them to the set and having these yeah. really, I, I know because I've been following you, right? So like the, you know, really powerful <laughs> conversations, which, I want you to finish answering, but like really was this the first tilling of the soil for what you do now? Like your best Wait. year was what you're doing now. You just wore a different team's jersey. Yeah. And I wasn't hosting, which I'll just be put that right out. Yep. I was I was a social media producer, social media director. I was behind the scenes. But yes, I'm hosting athletes. I, I had been doing that for a long time. And that was sort of the culmination in that last full year. So I'm having so much fun, and yet I'm still feeling this nudge and this pull, which was another indication that this was from God, because why in the heck would I want to leave this? I'm having so much fun making as much money as I've ever made, having as much fun as I've ever had. What What's the deal, right? And I think one of the things that I really was intentional about doing in 2016 was telling a few people outside of ESPN about this nudge. So I sought out counsel, right? Wise counsel. And I said, am I crazy here? And the people I sought out were pastors, even my own pastors that I'm, you know, working with as an elder at my church currently, the same crew that was there then. 
I reached out to them first, of course, but then I was like, all right, I have a pretty wide circle of connections here in and out of this world of ESPN. Let me go out of the ESPN world and start talking to my friends who are believers, who are authors, who are pastors, who are just people that are out there and ask them if I'm crazy. Really, that was the question. Am I crazy that I would even have the thought of leaving ESPN to go somewhere else? And one of my friends, Brad Lominick, I don't know if you guys know Brad, Brad said to me the words, this is not crazy. And if you're really thinking about this, be careful. And I said, okay, why, what do you mean be careful? He goes, because God's going to blow your mind and open up doors that you never expected by following, you know, his call on your life. And I will always remember that conversation with Brad because he was right. Yes. (laughs) And I didn't see it at the time. But he, it was so spot on because God opened up way more doors after I left ESPN than I ever saw happening when I was at ESPN, which is kind of crazy to think about because the ESPN, when you're working there, why wouldn't the doors open there? But it was almost like God was saying, I'm just setting you up here. Like this was 17 years to lay some fertilizer, to lay some seed down. And now it's time to be sent out in some ways to go do ministry for me in a greater purpose, but I'm not wasting that time that you were working at ESPN because you had all of the connections and worked with all the coaches and athletes. And now you can bring that experience into what I'm doing now. But all of that to say, that's really DK, how I kind of thought through this was, you know, a lot of prayer obviously, and seeking the wise counsel, I think was confirmation for me that I wasn't going crazy here. And then ultimately that just led to a few conversations, which took me to sports spectrum. I think, I think that's funny. And thank you for asking that, bro. I think it's real uh, important for the audience to kind of capture how, uh, the tugging does not diminish the skills and gifts that you acquired while you were at ASPN. And mm-hmm. now you take said skill set. Now you take said marketplace value. And then you put it right into the calling and the tugging that God had predestined for you at that moment. And now yeah. we have what we have now, right? That's really dope. I, I, I appreciate you asking that for me. Yeah, it was crazy to think through the journey and the path, you know, the path. And at that time, even at 2015, 2016, I'm like, all right, let's look at where God brought me to and where I was. And you know, I was really growing in my faith. You know, I had become an elder at my church in 20. 14, I think it was. So nine years ago. Um, and I wasn't qualified. I still don't think I'm qualified, but at that time there was no way I was qualified to be a leader in my church. But I just found myself at that point starting to just say yes to all these crazy things that I thought I was unqualified for, starting with being an elder, then going into preaching, you know, the word at the pulpit on a Sunday morning. That's insane that I could be qualified to do that. And I still don't, again, think I am, but you know, the Lord opens up these doors and my pastor asked me, he's like, you're going to be preaching someday. And here I am, you know, eight years later, nine years later. And now I'm just in this, in this yes business. Um, and sometimes the yeses are no's, yep. if that makes sense, but I'm in this yes business to God, like wherever you want to take yep. me, if it's away from ESPN, if it's away from sports spectrum someday, I hope not, but if it is, like, I want to be the, the type of person that, that says, okay, it might not make sense, but I need to trust in this plan that God has placed on my life and just 
keep trying to say yes to him. That's right. So somebody, somebody out there needs to hear that. And you listeners out there, uh, this is a great episode to share with them. Uh, and also get Jason's books uh, as well. Uh, we're going to reference a lot of stuff uh, in this episode. That was a big yes, by the way, too, Aaron, because that? that didn't make any sense. Yeah, the book writer. I, I know. <laughs> God, put some, God put a voice inside of you, Jason, and and, and your friend uh, said, watch out. So you can't say God didn't warn you. Um, but I but I yeah. do think this is this is an episode for many reasons. But for that, that last conversation alone, uh, reason to share with somebody who needs to hear that. Uh, and you probably, as a listener, uh, know somebody in your life that needs to hear that and and in our opinion, no better person to hear from than, than Jason himself. Um, Jason, uh, let's, let's start talking about all of the doors that did open that seemed closed at ESPN. Uh, thank you for, thank you for letting us go down the, down the road of, of ESPN for yeah. a little bit. We'll end with some sports questions as well, but, um, of course. I, uh, I would be curious. So transparent, well, I say transparently now that there's anything to not be transparent about. I grew up with the Sports Spectrum magazine in my house. Like I, my mom subscribed to that. I remember reading about all these different athletes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this. Oh, hold on. Okay, I got to pause there. Are, are they? Is that like a recent edition? Are they still producing the magazine physically? Oh, this is the spring 2023 edition. Oh, it's still going cool. strong. So if it's you're not watching every on YouTube, quarter, you're missing out. Every quarter, we got a Sports Spectrum magazine that we're still producing. We're still carrying that torch. And, uh, you know, we believe in in all of the work That's that right. we're doing. And the magazine is still an important part of the ministry. I, yeah. Gosh, they're at my parents' house in Oregon. I'm currently in Texas. I, I will find, I'll have my mom send me a picture of some of those, Jason, I'll send it your way. Because, um, I mean, it's just old. Like, I can, but I can still smell it and I can still feel uh, how the magazine, because, it had a different cover it had more of like a um it wasn't glossy like that one that we just saw um but it was i just remember reading about those athletes and and i was so obsessed with making my career in football and pursuing that and seeing how far i could go in that that my mom did what was super helpful and it was hey let's let's talk aaron about the intersection of the things you (laughs) love which are jesus and football now unfortunately for the growing up in my life, I don't think I would say that it was in that order. It was probably football and Jesus. Um, and so, absolutely, uh, <laughs> you know, we still fight that during the football season. Um, it's a little bit easier of a fight now, but Jason, I, so we, I love that we started with the magazine and that you had a magazine to, to show up, but they did yeah. not have a podcast when you came in who, who better to start with than the, the radio host producer. Well, I don't say host producer himself from ESPN to, to kind of yeah. lead the charge in that, especially because there were so many giftings planted inside of you for communication, for speaking. God even probably revealed some of that to you when you're getting invited to speak at some of these outside events while you're still working at ESPN. So you know you can do this. You just flip the mic on, have a great interview. You are a great interviewer. And I also, you were the first podcast that I listened to because I started with the first episode. I can't say that I've been consistent all the way through, but for like those first 50 episodes, I was, I was leaned <laughs> all the way in. And you would do radio things on the podcast. So like midway through, hey, this is a social media church podcast. We're currently talking to Jason Romano, right? You would do the oh, yeah. radio, the radio plays. I loved resets. it. Called resets. The resets. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, so I'm I'm curious where cause because we want to talk about really two things on this podcast. Podcasting itself, and 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 I think it's valuable to start here because there's a lot of churches that might find themselves in a place where they have their bulletin every week or they have, you know, whatever their print version is uh and they should and could very easily start a podcast 
Uh, and so we, no. we want to help plant that seed. So I'm curious, what did, what did that, that look like when you came into an organization that was printing a magazine and you're like, Hey, let's do a podcast. Yeah. You, you said something there too, a little while ago that I kind of remember saying, no, that's not true. You were like, God, God groomed I, you and you were so ready for this. Dang. I didn't feel that way. Yeah. Like I, I had not, I, I'd not hosted anything since college and that was 20 years earlier. So there is no way that I felt ready. Yeah. I knew I had the experience from ESPN. So I knew I knew how to do audio. I knew how to do radio, if you will. I knew how to edit, which was good and important with podcasting. Yep. And I knew how to interview from the sense of having been around some of the best interviewers that you'll ever see in sports at ESPN. Yep. So I had experiences and my boss was big in this. He said, listen, Jason, you got this. Cause I didn't want to host it initially. I said, you got the wrong guy. I think you want, I'll produce it. I'll start it. I'll, I'll get it going. I'll do all the behind the scenes stuff, but I don't think you have the right guy here. And he's like, no, we want you to host it. We believe in you. And so that was a lot of confidence for me, but I was scared to death. If you listen to those first five, six interviews, I was a scared puppy. Now, thankfully we had great guests early on, just as we've continued to today. So those guests carry the show, not, not the host certainly at all, but initially, you know, podcasting had been around for a little while at that point, maybe three, four years, as far as some starting to gain traction. That's right. Right. And in 2017, I, I came to, to sports spectrum in February, February 15th, 16th of 2020 or 2017. And then we launched the podcast March 31st, 2017. So we had six weeks. I knew nothing. Like I found myself on YouTube. How do you start a podcast? And just typing that in and saying, somebody teach me, where's the editing suite that I would use? What do I, what do I, what do I go there? And I, I found myself, somebody taught me garage band, like in that six week period. Nice. And I said, that's easy enough. I'll just do that. And it comes equipped on every Mac. Right. And so to this day, I edit my podcast on GarageBand and it's been great. And the quality is as high as it can be. And it's simple now for me. Uh, and you can do a lot of different things in GarageBand. So to this day, I still do that. Um, but how do you even get a podcast launched? You know, what is, what does it look like? Are we going to only do interviews? Is it going to be me sharing like commentary, which I really didn't want to do. And, and to this day, I still do not want to do. Um, I wanted to feature stories of athletes and coaches and people in sports who love Jesus. It was that simple. And I thought by the time we got to episode 50 that we'd run out of guests uh, because I'm like, I think I only know 30 or 40 guests here. And social media was really big in this early on, by the way, and saying, no, you should, you should hear this person or you should try to find this person. And some of them were people I already knew. I was like, oh, they're Christian. I didn't know this. Let's let's they stay there a, for yeah. one second, Jason. You yeah. said social media was big. Like you're you're asking people on Twitter, like what what do you what do you mean by social media was big? Well, it's the it was the place, particularly Twitter at that time for me, where I would I was most present, if you will. I had built up a, a decent sized platform of my own there. And so I knew I had a lot of people that I could at least put questions out to and I would say after like the first eight nine episodes I really just went out and said hey who should we be having on the podcast I don't do that as much anymore thankfully because I think we've expanded to enough oh, where oh, I've been oh, able oh, to, you'd get too many time people <laughs> yeah but I still will occasionally say like who should we have on because you never know 
what you don't know. And I think what happened was it wasn't just the big names, but it was, you know, the high school coach who overcame cancer and, you know, is leading his team and loves Jesus. Oh, I want to tell that story. You know, so it's not the big name athlete or the big name coach, but there's still a story that's intriguing to hear and listen to. And, you know, so that's what social media was. It was also big initially when we launched. It still is big for promotion just to get it out there and let people know that this thing exists and then i tapped into and i did this with my two books as well i just went into every single contact that i had that i knew had a pretty decent following and i cashed in a chip once and just asked them for a favor and i said i always will help you i'll always promote you guys i have this would you be willing to share it on your pages I think the majority of them said yes. And that really helped us get an audience initially, at least to get, you know, a decent amount of, I don't even know what a decent amount would have been, but I think we had a couple thousand downloads of the podcast within the first couple months. So, and that was big to me. I'm like, okay, we got a thousand people listening. That's, that's good. That's a good start. Um, my ultimate goal initially for those who are, you know, sort of in the podcast space was a hundred thousand downloads in the first year. I thought like that was reasonable if we could get there and that's with the lofty. athletes. That's lofty. That's the it was lofty. Actually, no. Let me let me start that over. Okay. It wasn't a hundred thousand. We reached a hundred thousand in the first year, but it was ten thousand. Nice. <laughs> that was our goal. That's, that's our goal. goal. <laughs> that's more reasonable, right? Yeah. But that's still a lot. That's of a lot. It is. We reached ten thousand in the first four, three, four months, maybe less. Right. I don't remember when it was. And we got to a hundred thousand within the first year or so. And I thought, okay, God. So it, it took a while, right? It takes tweaking and changing things a little bit. Initially I had a, uh, one of my coworkers on the back of every interview, the first five or six kind of just listen to the podcast with me and then discuss what we just heard. Yep. Yeah. I remember that. Debrief. The recap. And that was fine, but I just sensed like his schedule and he wasn't able to listen to all the interviews. And I don't think people were tuning in for the debrief. Yeah. yeah. They were tuning in for the guest. Yeah. So we just tweaked that about six episodes in and, and, and moved that on from, from that format into this new format, which we're still continuing today, which is simply uh conversation question and answer. I still do a tiny debrief on the back end, but it's really just a close. Yep. You know, thanks for listening. Here's a couple places you can find us, and we'll see you next time. But it, it's got to be something where you can evolve to or evolve in in different situations. You know, what's the length? Yeah, that was a big conversation early on. How long do you want this thing to be? Um, initially, it was 45 minutes to 60 minutes. We brought it down to about 25 to 30 minutes for the interviews. Um, but then I see Joe Rogan become the greatest podcaster ever, and he does three hour shows. Yep. And I'm like, I, I'm never doing three hour interviews. Right. So I honestly, somewhere around two years ago, I just said, however long it needs to be, it'll be. Yeah. I'll always aim for 25 to 30. But if it's really good, We've what probably, am I doing trying to end it? Probably, it's a podcast. Okay. So let's go 45 minutes. Let's go 60 minutes. Um, if it gets to the 90 minute range, I feel like I'm just probably rambling at that point, uh, asking questions. But some of these people That's are- right are incredible and have amazing stories and we got to let them breathe and let the Lord lead this conversation and not just me. So 
there's a lot of lessons here. I know I, I'm so, kind of so, rambling right now to be honest with you. So if y'all just not coming on, this is Social Media Church. I'm DJ Heaven, Aaron, and we have our guest, Jason Romano. That's right. I'm doing the first a good reset. Good job, DJ. Thank you, sir. Uh, but a couple <laughs> of things, man, you've discussed so much. You've discussed adaptation. How do you adapt uh -huh. to the podcasting format and how those of us who are podcasters, we are always the human tinkerers. We are tinkering, trying and yes. doing new things to see what it is that, that hits us first before we can yep. give it to you. Uh, I think you, you mentioned that. You mentioned um, the ask. How is it important when you have guests to ask certain guests to come on your show? One of the things sure. I'll be honest and transparent about is I don't like to ask. I feel <laughs> like if you want to be on, just holler at me. We'll get you all. But I had to really change that this year and create systems in place to send out to people so they can come on to my show and I can yep. come on to theirs. Another thing that you talked about was tools that you use for your podcast. You talked about GarageBand. Uh, you talked to the Javid, the Sure Microphones, et cetera. Here's the last thing. And you can pick any one of these things to talk about. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, the last thing is you did is scared. Many of us don't actually really consider the power of holy scaredness. And I know that's a new word that we are I like that. now. Yeah, Louis, right take notes, it's everybody. Okay to do it the holy scared way, to be in fear and simply step out on faith to do what yeah. God is calling for you to do. And sir, I can look at these notes and tell that you are in the vein of what God is calling you to do. So how do you feel? about those five things that we just talked about. Pick any one and go well, for it. Well, the holy scaredness, I mean, I wrote it down in my notebook go right in it. front of me here because that's real stuff. And it's funny because the more stories you hear about people who've stepped out Ugh. when they were afraid or when they were scared, first of all, just go to the Bible and read God's that's... word and think about all, even just the gospels and see all of what the disciples were doing in fear. You know, just watching The Chosen recently and seeing that last yeah. episode where Peter gets out of the boat and he's scared to death, like, but he did it. And Jesus helped him through and pulled him up and, and, and saved him. And I think there's something real about stepping out in fear at the same time stepping out in faith, Come on. if that makes sense. Yeah. That holy scaredness as you described yes. it. Because a lot of these things that we're going to try in life and, and succeed at start with an apprehensiveness to say, eh, should I, or shouldn't I, you know, honestly, if I go all the way back to 24 years ago, that's how I felt when I even applied for a job at ESPN before I was there, I was scared. I wasn't a Christian at the time, but I think back now, and I remember saying, well, what do I got to lose? The worst they could say is no. And I, I think that's an approach, even as I became a believer and started following the Lord is what's the worst that could happen in these situations? Like if this podcast was horrible, what's the worst that could truly happen? Really? Okay. We, maybe we do five, six episodes and we move on to something else. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's a big note that when I just say this, it reminds me for the people listening, I, this may be veering a little bit, but the biggest detriment to people doing podcasts is they, they end up falling off, off the face of the earth, if you will, in the podcast world after four or five episodes. Come on. They, they get into it. I got this new interview. Yep. I got this new idea. I'm going to do this. And they do it. And then they realize, oh, crap, this is work. Yes. And by three or four episodes, 
they're out. Yes. They're done. And that happens a lot. And I, I've even seen it happen with, with athletes. Yeah. I worked with some athletes on the side and helped them produce some of their podcasts. And these are Super Bowl MVPs and big name athletes who played in the NFL. And they'll do 10 or 11 or 12. And then they're like, I can't do this anymore. It's just too much for me. Mm -hmm. And so sustainability is a really key, important part to podcasting. Oh, yeah. If you can stay in the game as long as you can, because I think that's how you continue to learn. That's, that's right. how you continue to get an audience. And, you know, I think what, what I think happens too much is, you know, people jump in with podcasting and try to do too much at, at the beginning, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I'm going to do five episodes a week. Now nah, I'll go three and I'm thinking, or, no, Jason, start don't even, or they like, don't even start or, or they start. don't even start because they can't figure those things out. Guys. Well, right. They're not even thinking Yeah. They, so they, it's like, nah, I'm just going to forget it. Yeah. Like start what makes sense. If you do one a month, that's perfectly fine. And by the way, I would venture to say most people who are in this space can do one podcast a month. Totally. Because it really takes a couple hours if you look at it from the time you record to the little editing that you might do. And then everything is so set up now for success with podcasting, with, you know, places like Anchor and Spotify and those areas. Yes. We didn't have that in 2017. Right. I, I was, it was different yes, trying okay. to get your podcast on a host site. I, I came from the era, I don't think, oh. and you could probably speak to this. And you would love this. I came from the era where we had to put our podcast feed through RSS and allow yeah. it to then come over to the podcast and play in order for those people to actually experience the podcasting conversation. So, yeah, man, yeah. I, I understand exactly what you mean by that. Yeah, by 2017, we had, I use a podcast host site called Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, and we used that in 2017. We were paying for it. It was like 15 bucks a month yep. or whatever. Yep. But they made it a little bit easier. But even then, I was like, can I talk to the Libsyn, you know, help desk and let them walk me through this? Because it wasn't as easy as it is today yeah. to begin and launch a podcast. But I always tell people there are steps you got to take. You got to have a logo. You got to have a title. You got to have all, the, all those things. You got to have a couple episodes done in the can before yep. you even launch That's right. so that you can, when you launch, it doesn't sound like you literally just hit record yesterday. You've had a couple months or, you know, weeks to prepare and get this thing going. Uh, it's a lot of work, but it's worth it because the sustainability part, I think will, will prove that the most successful podcasts are the ones that are consistent and the ones that are out there and have been doing this for a while. It's never bad to launch a new podcast. I get that. But I always say, if you're going to launch one, Man, make sure you know what you're getting into before you jump into this right. because it's work. Yeah, man, I, I, I agree with you beyond. Uh, well, I talk about the work. Uh, when I first started doing podcasting, it took me probably four hours to cut content, edit videos, do all the, all the things to really bring it to the masses. And yeah. I was able to take my personal process and get it down to an hour with AI tools and certain apparatuses that kind of you know, drive me and my productivity. So in, in finding that cadence and finding the purpose of it and finding the right tools, tell the listeners how you feel about, yeah, you're doing it scared, but Man. how you feel about just even exploring that piece of it. Because the back end is really where I think you would kind of hang your hat on. It's where you got that nice award behind you from. 
is the back end work. Tell us a little bit about that back end piece that's really driving the Jay Romano kind of podcast experience. Well, that's been my my lifeline since I got out of college because I I wanted to be on air when I was a college kid, and you know I realized then um, that I did not have the chops to be a a radio host or an on air personality when I was working with some of these people and listening to them and thinking there's no way I can I can be as good as them. But what happened was I was getting opportunities to be a producer, the back end side, right behind the scenes. And that was where I started to really understand that I had, you know, the abilities here to to be successful in this business doing that. So my very first job in radio was 1997 and it was, you know, I was 24 years old and I was a radio producer on the morning show or the afternoon show at a local radio station in Albany, New York. I was ecstatic that I got to be in radio and I just loved my job, but I lo- it was the back end. It's the stuff that people don't see. That's always where everything is really, that's where the, what do they say? Where the, 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 the mix is put together before you ever see the final product, right? It's when you're in the kitchen, you're making the, making the meal. Yeah. You and eat, you and me might eat that meal, but you don't know what went on behind they the scenes can- to get that thing prepared. It's the same in this business. Honestly, it's the same in our faith too. Yeah. Like our faith, when we're walking with Jesus, it's the time you spend behind the scenes in the morning, quiet time, reading the word, prayer, all of that is setting you up so that when God sends you out, you're ready to go. And people don't see the back end. It's not sexy. It's not flashy, right. but it's so important. Yep. And so I saw that from, from a very young age in this business, 24 years old coming in, you know, I'm going to be 50 this year and I still see that value of behind the scenes work and putting that in. It's weird because right now I'm kind of in the middle of both because I produce my show and I host it mm. and I produce it or uh, promote it and get the social media part and book all the guests. So I do like five different jobs at ESPN still with sports spectrum, but I, I, I appreciate the craft, the behind the scenes part way more. And it's so valuable in your job to to really, um, I think, embrace that, yep. right? Because everybody wants to see the end product, but nobody likes the process of getting to that right. end product. Yep. And the process is the best part, if I'm being honest. Yeah. It's where you cut your teeth. It's where you make your mistakes. It's where you can, you know, and I've made mistakes on this podcast. I've called people the wrong name. I pu- I put out the wrong podcast nice. when I thought I was putting out one guest nice. and someone else went out and I had to get called by somebody and say, I don't think this is what you meant to have yeah. happen today. That's happened at least five or six times, you know, in the past four or five years, but that's okay. Like that's the process and you don't sweat the small stuff and you move on and you learn from it, but that's where all the the best stuff happens is, is sort of behind the scenes to me. Everybody loves the final product. I don't know about you guys, but when I see a movie, particularly my favorite kind of movies like Star Wars, I'm a big Star Wars geek. When I would watch the Star Wars movies, I love them. But then I started seeing the behind the scenes documentaries to make them. And I became more enthralled with that than I did the actual movie because I'm like, look at where, you know, this is being made. Look at how this is happening. And I think that's a great lesson for life. It's a great lesson for believers to remember that it's in that time that God is rewarding you and remembering and and honing you, right? And, And refining you to prepare you for whatever that, that end result is. That's right. And as, as DK said, uh, that that's where the faith 
in confidence to jump into holy scared comes from is is, is how, how, how the sausage is made uh in in the spirit of time we talked about this um as we wrap up i'm going to ask you a couple quick questions the dk if you got a question to tack on jump in i'm going to start with where is 20 uh and these are let's let's say like minute and a half answers Perfect. If, if it requires it uh where is twitter headed where is Twitter? That's a loaded question, isn't it? In a minute and a half, I would say, I would say how is Jason Romano? How is Jason Romano <laughs> thinking about Twitter in 2023? And the reason I ask is because I think you're the most qualified on the call. D, actually, DK, I'll give you a run. Uh, I yeah, am yeah. the least. I'll say this: I'm the least qualified to answer this, but I want to hear from you. You've sure. been doing ministry on Twitter for a long time uh, and built teams, and so yeah, what at you and your church maybe even? How are you thinking about Twitter in 2023? So interestingly enough, the church isn't thinking about it yet as much as, as I am. My church, at least, is more focused in the Instagram space. And yeah. I get it. Like Instagram's, you know, where it is. And, you know, it's our fastest growing sports spectrum platform right now. It's our second highest, you know, uh, reach platform is, is Instagram behind Facebook. But Twitter, I think, see, I've always found value in Twitter just because of the connection. Yep. Uh, because of, I mean, initially when I got on there, it was connecting with people. I remember when I booked my first guest at ESPN through Twitter and I thought, oh my gosh, this is changing the game here. I'm reaching out directly to athletes through Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also always been my newspaper as a kid who grew up reading the newspaper and the sports page, Mm -hmm. Twitter's that. Yeah. And so that's where I think people can see value in Twitter. I also think it's a great place to promote your, your brand as well, but it's not as much about, Hey, check out my thing. It's as much about saying, hey, we exist in this space with you and build. It's almost like building a, an online relationship with people who are listening and valuing what you have to put out there as opposed to just promotion. Right. And I think there's still people out there who promote. Yeah. Um, Twitter's different, you know, and it, with new owners and, you know, a lot of people had issues with Twitter when everything took place with the president, former president. And now, you know, with new ownership and more free speech. I don't look at it that way. I'm not looking at like, are you going to ban me from this or or silence me? And that's a whole different conversation for another time. Mm -hmm. I just see that there's value there. There's still a lot of people there. And by the way, every single media outlet for the most part still values Twitter, maybe more than all of the other platforms because they're looking at real time, tangible feedback from people on what's going on. And so if you're just following Christians and and you want to look at that audience, follow the churches and the people who are leading the churches and you'll get real time feedback on what they're walking through and going through. So I don't know if that was more than a minute and a half. Well, Aaron, so but... let, let me tag on to that question because I feel like I can ride this layup line. Okay. Um, well, are you dunking or are you just laying it in? Uh, you know, okay. nice little jelly roll. Go So when you think of, you, you're absolutely correct. I think what people also miss with uh, yes, the churches are using a lot of Instagram, uh, but people also missed how Facebook brings the traction to Instagram and how mm-hmm. it is as important as Instagram because it, it allows us to get more conversion rate out of the Instagram experience. And then when we want that honest feedback, when then when we want uh, to have like uh, authentic conversation and engagement in totality and experience that, then we go to Twitter and turn it up a notch or two. So now with Twitter, you have the additional uh, Twitter spaces, and now they're going to be rolling out the uh, authenticator as it relates to uh, your business. And so now 
your your sports business can now have all these other people that can say we're all working together as it relates to that. So, you know, you have those things going on. You have this. So I I would say if you are not afraid of the wild, wild west, please come to Twitter. We exist. <laughs> to change your life in Twitter. Yes. If you are afraid and you need something more palatable, you need a hug in the middle of the night. Instagram is your way to go. So that's, why, that's what I'm doing. That, well, what's interesting about Twitter too is, um, you know, if you get caught up in the ecosystem of screaming and yelling yep. and sides, yep. you can fall down a really bad Absolutely. rabbit hole uh, and it's not good. It's hard to come back out of. But I try, I try to be as authentic of who I am as possible and always think through the lens of Christ. Like, yeah. am I trying to create divisiveness? And it, there's always times that you got to stand up for what you believe in, but I don't think Twitter is the place to do that. Yeah. I would just say here, I, I'm a follower of Christ. You might think I'm automatically this or that because I say that, but reach out to me, DM me. I'll get on the phone with you. Let's have a real yeah. conversation. So don't let Twitter replace those, <laughs> those authentic, real conversations, but let them be a good starting ground. And if people see Twitter, what are they seeing? If they're seeing yeah. you screaming and yelling and complaining, probably not going to be a good reflection of Christ. And if you're a business or you're a church or whatever, I think be your authentic yeah. self there too. Be an extension of what the church is and just try to be there loving people, serving people on social media. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's And that's what you've done forever. Uh, Jason, I'm going to ask you, it's a twofold question, but it's my last one. All right. And you might not want to answer the first part, but I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll see how holy scared you are here. Uh, <laughs> favorite guest that you've ever had on the sports spectrum podcast. And it could be the same one as that. You've also hosted ESPN. So it might be the same person. I don't know. And then the second question is guests that you haven't had on that you, that, that that's like, I, I need to have this person on my podcast. Yeah, I can answer that. Um, so my favorite guest is always going to be Daryl Strawberry okay. because yeah. as a kid in 1983, Daryl Strawberry came to the big leagues. I was nine years old and I fell in love with number 18 and he became my favorite player, my favorite athlete from the time I was, you know, nine to the time I was graduating high school. And so that guy was my hero as a kid, one of them anyways, from the sports world. So then to be able to meet him at ESPN, to develop a friendship, to have him go as far as saying, I will write the forward to your first book. Okay, Daryl, to begin a friendship, to have a phone number that has Daryl Strawberry in my phone that I can call and it's actually him, you know, answering the phone is just mind boggling to me. But when I got to interview him for wow. the first time, you talk about holy scaredness, I was petrified because, you know, they say, don't meet your heroes, you're gonna be disappointed. I met my hero. I was not disappointed, but then I got to interview my hero and I was scared to death. Uh, thankfully, he was amazing and, you know, he loves Jesus and he is a walking testimony of someone who can have like the worst situations happen to him in his life and still find a way to come out of it. And um, so Daryl is my favorite interview because it's the most mind boggling interview I ever thought I would do is interview my hero. Um, I love it. You know, in, in any kind of space. So Daryl Strawberry favorite. The one I haven't done that I'm still hoping for, it's been six years and I don't know why we haven't been able to get him, but he's a very difficult guest to get apparently, is Tim Tebow. No I, way. I've had small opportunities connecting to people who know him. I actually met him when I was at ESPN maybe 10 years ago, well before I ever thought about Sports Spectrum, but I haven't been able to figure out how to get 
I actually had his wife on the podcast wow. maybe two years ago, Demi Tebow, but I still haven't had Tim. And I just thought that would be a really fascinating interview to have yes. for me because I don't know how many interviews he does right. that are intentional about asking him about Jesus in the sports space. I don't think there are many. Not yep. many. He, he, I mean, he's the embodiment of, you know, faith and sports connected, <laughs> right. right? And I still, to this day, haven't had him on. So hopefully someday, next time we talk, maybe I can tell you we had Tim Tebow. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll DK and I will uh, we'll try to try Take to help a call, you that. guys. Come on, yeah, we don't yeah. where to go. And I'm I'm a band. I'm gonna get the bandits together. We go storm down Tim Tebow's chat. I love that, it. Let's go. That's okay. it. Uh, well, Jason, <laughs> we so appreciate the time that you spent with us. This is one of those podcasts we didn't want to cut short, so it's well past that 25 minute window. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, as as our good friend Sean Cannell would say, as short as it can be, and as long as it needs to be. Uh, and That's so right. this That's podcast was that we could probably spend, we could also Joe Rogan this, uh, no doubt about it. Um, but <laughs> in the spirit of time and busy schedules, uh, we're going to wrap here. So Jason, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for all you do both at ESPN and for being a great example of what it is to take ministry, um, to the intersection of sports and for some other people listening, it might not be sports, but uh, our faith intersects with everything that we do and every place that we go. And thank you for being a great example of that, Jason. Uh, if you guys want to find out how to connect with Jason, you already know Twitter's the place. Uh, and also, if you're confused about that or you're not on Twitter, uh, we'll have all of Jason's books, podcasts, everything that you would want to connect with him on in the show notes of this episode. Leave a review, send this link to people uh, that need it, hit subscribe, and we will catch you all on the next episode.